0: Unscripted Unshackled Uncouth What you're about to hear is for mature ears only It's Miguel Ricky Yeah. No. yeah no. You're a dumbass Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now Holly I finally got boobs and a butt back And Scotty the body Am I not as cool
1: and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue
2: feels too big today.
0: Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Well, hello there, you good-looking folks. How pretty are you?
2: They're very pretty.
0: My name is Miguel Fuller.
2: My name is Holly O'Connor. I'm Scotty,
0: the body. Uh, So I wanted to start off with this email that we received from a Miguel and Holly fan member because we are encouraging you to shoot me an email, miguel at hot1015tampabay.com, so we can get you some stickers. Mm. Uh, We got some stickers of uh, the Miguel and Holly logo. This is from Marissa, who says, Hey, Miguel, Holly, and Scotty, I remember listening to your show in the car when I would go to elementary school, and I remember my favorite segment was always blown off. I'm now in college, and I'm wondering if maybe she meant high school because we've only been here for five years.
1: Yeah. Well, it's- technically, you could go from if like eighth grade until college. I uh, mean, eighth grade is not
2: elementary school.
0: Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Or or in- she's
2: an OG Panama City listener, right? Wait, how old is she now?
0: Uh, she doesn't say. She just says she's in college now. Because we've been in Tampa at Hot 101.5 since twenty fifteen.
2: She could be a Panama City listener and pull that off, <sighs> or yeah, I don't know.
0: That's crazy to think.
2: Either way, I mean, it's a thing.
0: She's been listening since elementary school. And Although, if college. you're listening
2: to Ele- if you were listening to Blown Off, that would have just been here, here. No,
0: yeah. uh, I'm now in college and I still listen to your show or the recordings of your show. I have to say, Blown Off is still my favorite segment. Now I listen to the show on my phone with the Hot 1015 app every day. I wake up around 6 a.m. to put it on, take my dog out for a walk, then come back to bed and listen to the show for a while. My dad heads out to work around 7 a.m. and listens to the show as well. So when he comes home from work, I always ask him if he heard blown off. A lot of times on the weekend, I put on the radio and then find myself being sad because you guys don't do the show on weekends. <laughs> LOL. I've recently started listening to your podcast, and I absolutely love it. When I'm doing some schoolwork, I put it on, and it just makes time fly. I have so much respect for everyone on the show and hope you all love what you do. My dad's birthday is coming up, and I want to get him something and that will remind him of me, and your show is something we bond over, and I know we would love a Miguel and Holly sticker. Nice, Marissa, thank you for all that you do.
2: Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Marissa.
0: I think that's one of the coolest and strangest parts that I think of sometimes uh, is how that relationship is forged through years of doing this. How just... Every day we come in and we just reveal another piece of ourselves another piece of ourselves and then you send us messages online and you reveal a piece of yourself and then we create this tribe of people throughout the years that's just so fascinating to me
2: yeah it's it's definitely something you can't think of too deeply because it, it turns into like one of those weird black holes of of thinking yes. It's too much. Like, it's like, whoa, how long have we been doing this and right. how many people grew up with this? It's weird.
0: Yeah. So just thank you so much. So send me an email if you want some Miguel and Holly stickers. Miguel, M-I-G-E-L, at Hot101.5, TampaBay.com. Uh, so, Scott, your girlfriend Mary is in town this weekend she is. from Virginia. Uh, she's here uh, because it's a holiday. Yeah. Well, what's going on with her dental school? Because of
1: COVID, like her whole schooling system got messed up because in the spring, obviously everything kind of happened in March. I went and picked her up, brought her down here, and that kind of bumped her schooling. Where a lot of their work is done in a lab where they're using like hand skills and they're carving teeth and they're learning how to do things. Well, that got all pushed back. So when she just went back probably like a month ago, mm-hmm. they jumped right into it. They had to go right into a class of like like pretty much all day you're just in the lab working on this stuff. And so they finished that class. And so they get like a solid two weeks off before they jump back in pretty much to their, I guess, second year of dental school. Oh. Which mm. in, I guess, the reality of it, I think, would be they would have had a longer break of summer. But they're like, all right, two weeks off, like, all right, we got to get back at it mm-hmm. right. to catch up with the time that we've missed. To jump right into that second year. So with that time off, she decided. Well, all my friends went off to you know Virginia Beach over there, or wherever else they live. Let me come down and just spend a couple of days at home, which I'm thankful for. And then she's gonna go back, and I think she has like another vacation for the next couple of days with some friends to get like a cabin or something.
0: Now, when you go over to her parents' house, do you all like socially distance when you all are over there, or is it like? Uh, we'll relax that because we haven't seen each other in it a while. It is
1: interesting. We don't I mean, yes, we socially distance, and one thing that I find interesting, which kinda helps in my favor, is I'm not I don't really know I don't let me take a step back. I don't like really gestures with people where it's like handshakes or hugs anyway. I Wait, always Wait, even
0: before this?
1: Yeah, like I always kinda find it awkward. Like I'm pretty good. Really? With the, I'm pretty good with a handshake. But when it comes down to a hug or anything like that, I'm or exiting, I'm just I don't like those situations, <laughs> so I'm always kind of awkward with them.
0: Wait, so in the past when, you know, you were emotional on the show or whatever and Holly and I were like, oh, come here, let's give you a hug. Were you awkward? Awkward, yeah. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah, for Sorry. sure. And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm good with touch. It's just, I think there's like a level of like, if it's not my immediate, like, let's say, like family mm-hmm. or like Mary or like my best friend, Logan. Any other outside of that, it's a little weird for touch. I think mainly because I always overthink what the other person's thinking. Or if it's uh, a new person, I don't want to make it awkward for them. Or I don't want to go in for a hug and we do the whole, like, dance where, like, my arm's up or your arm's up. Or we do, like, a weird hug or a weird handshake. I think too much about it.
2: That's exhausting. Yeah, it is. I'm exhausted even hearing you talk about it.
0: Have you—so have you you've—anytime I've hugged you, you felt weird?
1: No, I mean— it's
0: kind of,
1: kind of, yeah. Oh, wow. but it's not to the extent of like, I won't do it. Like, I don't mind it. I don't need I it. I don't
0: want to force you to hug me. <laughs>
1: No, I don't mind it, but I, it's, it's, it, I guess it's just a weird. <laughs> oh, God.
0: I'm just thinking about any time being like, oh, my God, Scott, come here. And you're like, Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what just an awkward thing. I'm sorry. I won't do it anymore. Uh,
1: no, I mean, obviously, I want to continue to push past these things and, like, allow myself to grow with it, especially with exits. Because if you notice, I mean, this would take really being aware. Anytime that I'm in a situation or let's say, like, we're at an event together, mm-hmm. I will genuinely, I'll just leave. Like, I'm yeah. mm. legit. I'm good.
2: You know what Bye. is weird is that anytime I depart this room Or Scott leaves before me, I always feel a weird energy. And I I always think to myself, what is that? Because I can feel other people sometimes Mm -hmm. like through the room. And so thank you for saying that because now I don't think that like you hate me or I weird you out because my first instinct is to take it all on myself. But, like, there is this weird energy when either I'm leaving, and, like, for Miguel, like, if you weren't here, I would just be like, bye. And be like, girl, bye. So then we'd out. Mm -hmm. But then when I, bye, and Miguel's like, bye. And then Scott's like, okay. (laughs) I don't know. It's just. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Or if he leaves first, it's like this, like, he does his own
1: awkward dance that we aren't part of. And I can feel it. Yeah, What is it? I don't know. I think that would be something if I go to therapy one day, like, I want to discover, like, why am I like this? If I, Am I just uncomfortable with saying goodbye? Or am I, like, I don't know how to really have that conversation? I find it easier. Like, we're at a party. I find it much easier instead of going around and, like, oh, let me stop your conversation. I'm leaving. Or, hey, I'm so, so I'm leaving. And then you might, like, tiptoe back and forth try to start another conversation. Instead, like, I'll just... You'll do the... If eye I have, yeah, it. if I have an opportunity to leave, bye. Like, I am great at that. Which... I don't know, and I think that's something that's pretty, re- not recent, but, like, I now know why I get anxious in those situations if, like, I'm leaving. Or if there's people at, like, uh, the house, at your house, Miguel, if, like, you bring At what? Up, what's the name of the house? The house with the C.
0: What's the name of the house? The, the Oprah say, house. Say it. No. Say it. No. Say it.
1: <laughs> if say people- it. No. Say
0: it. No. Stop it.
1: it. Stop it. This has gotten on for too long.
0: We're not on the air, so I can be annoying. Say it.
1: Yeah, the shadow Oh my god But if people are there I will usually say bye But it just feels awkward So if I have an opportunity to just go downstairs to my room I will That is so
0: fascinating to me Because I feel like I love saying goodbye Because it's (laughs) like Bye! Because I love just having that You know, uh, that farewell Of giving a nice hug Or like if, if I'm going to a party Like I never mind Going up to someone and being like, all right, well, it's been so much fun. Got to go. Like, just the the other day, um, my friend who's over Pride, they had, like, a bingo Pride. And I don't like doing anything during the week at night. And it started at 730. So I was already, like, my feathers were ruffled because I'm like, you're messing up my week and my flow for the night. But I was like, I want to go support my friend. I can donate a little bit and just show my face. So we went down there. It was all outside at Punky's in downtown St. Pete. I was there for literally 20 minutes, and then I was like, all right, got to go. Bye. And then it makes it even easier because I don't have to hug anybody. Oh, yeah. I don't have to slip out because there was a moment where I could have just slipped out when people were ordering, and I could have just been like, whoop, bye. But I need to make my presence known.
1: Yeah, I really do want to discover what it is. Like, I don't know if it's a thing of like maybe that's my way of not having to hug you again or having to like handshake you again, or is it just like I feel like I'm leaving too
0: soon. I wonder if there is something from your past. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Someone yeah. made you feel weird about Exiting a place or hugging, or because keep
2: in mind, and this is the first thing that came to my mind, but I don't know any part about this. A lot of parents, Mm. when we were growing up and still now, make their kids do the you know, go say goodbye and go make sure you hug everyone, especially at like birthday parties. Oh, yeah, you had to hug everyone and give everyone a thank you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm wondering if it had anything to do with that and you're just a non-touchy-feely kind of person, and that really impacted you? I don't know, but, like... I would
1: love to sit down and, like, figure this out because it is something that I notice all the time now where, like, I see, like, an exit, and I'm like, ooh, I could just slip out right now.
0: How are your parents? I mean, are they huggers, Steve or Debbie? Are they...
1: Yes and no? Maybe that's one of them. Yeah, I I don't think uh, either of them are very, like... Yeah, I don't think touch is like the main love language there for either of them. That's
0: probably why is that probably you saw them being weird with somebody (laughs) and then you were like, oh, so that's how you do it. Either you don't or if you do, you're like,
2: well, in the prep today, I was just reading the top Mm. phobias that you can pass on to your kids. I don't Mm. think that was necessarily one of them. Like it was like spiders or heights or, you know. Um, some other off. ones. It, I think it was in uh, Wise Brothers. Well, okay. But it was, it It hit me that parents do pass on phobias to their kids. And so if one or both of your parents did find it awkward to interact with people on an exit or physically touch someone, they could have passed that on to you. And that's how you huh. got that way.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Because I guess I'm like, thinking about it now. Like, like, I could force it. I see my parents, like, obviously, like, my dad and I are very much the same when it comes to a social situation. We'll come in, own the room, we can make our rounds and everything like that. But I don't, I, I mean, my dad does give handshakes, but I never see him, like, you know, I guess hug people. I don't know. I don't know.
2: I would be interested. If you ever decided to search into that one day, I'd be interested. Yeah,
1: one day we'll get down to the bottom of it and figure it out, but it is something that you know, still, I guess even in these times to connect back to the original question, social distancing at Mary's parents' house, Mm -hmm. it makes it like easy for me because like usually I would handshake her dad. Yeah. And like, uh, that's cool. Like it's a sign of respect. I like doing it. I don't know when to do it. I don't know like when to stick my hand out. See, like it's a whole thing. So now I could just be like, all right, I am awkward because I did it last night. I was like, standing there, everyone's kind of talking. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. <laughs> what? Yes. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. That I think is, that— I guess I don't know how to approach it. How what? do I make the announcement of like, hey, everyone— Because I think that's what it is. If I could relap, I don't like to interrupt or cause like, like uh, confrontation or I guess it may root to that, but I don't want to be the one to be like, hey, let me interrupt everyone and cause a disturbance. I'm leaving. Stop what you're doing. Goodbye. I
0: I think there is a difference between, you know, if it's a dinner party and it's an intimate dinner party and there's one conversation going and everyone's, you know, telling their college uh, war stories and then all of a sudden you're like, gotta go. Then I I could see you like waiting or just, you know, slipping out. But I feel like most people won't be mad or offended if you just say, it's time to go. I gotta go. Bye. Ugh. I feel like I would rather you say that than me be like, wait, are they in the bathroom? Are they yeah. on the balcony? No, Did I they left. die in my backyard? <laughs> like, what happened? Correct. Correct. I, I, would, I would just rather have you know.
1: Well, I am. I'm like, that is something I'm working yeah. on now with, like, new situations and new people with one, like, hugging. Like, I'm getting myself to I guess initiate it. And maybe it roots down to the fact that I don't know if the other person wants it so I kind of just have to initiate it and that's kind of Weird for me. I'm doing better with that. I kind of gotten over the whole handshake thing because I guess meeting listeners, I kind of just go for it now. Yeah, you do. Like if it's awkward, whatever. Like we're going to have an awkward, and I'll laugh about it and we'll make a joke. But I'm still getting used to the exit because even as I'm like pointing out literally last night, I remember standing there and being like, well, all right, I'm going to (laughs) go. And it was it was weird. It was definitely. A weird. I don't interview. think you're
2: alone, though. I oh, think no. a lot of people have exit issues. That's how
0: oh, yeah. uh, my boyfriend is. When we were at uh, we were in Buffalo, uh, or I was there visiting him and his family uh, during vacation, and we had dinner at his aunt's house, and we'd been there for about three hours, like catching up and having some lunch, and it was of getting around that time we were outside and it was that part of the day where it started to get really hot mm. and I was like, all right, we gotta either move around or it's time to go because then we were outside and let like, my butt started to get like oh, yes. sore and sweaty from sitting outside. And so in that moment, since it wasn't my it's not my family, it's his family. so I was like, I'm gonna let them do the queue. but I know my boyfriend has a really hard time in knowing when to exit or how to exit because he'll just sit there. Like, he'll just sit there and just be like, all right, we'll be here for another five hours. Oh, God. And so his brother was like, all right, well, I think it's time to go. So I like shot up and I was like, all right, time to go. All it takes is one. But then his Uh aunt said something and then Abe started to go in on another conversation. So I was the only person standing up. Yep. And then I was like.
2: But Miguel, you have to understand the Midwest exit.
0: "Mm, I don't know about this.
2: I actually saw this. It was maybe it was a meme or maybe it was like some shared Facebook post. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know this existed. But this is totally how I was raised. The Midwest exit takes about two hours. Oh, my oh. gosh. Because the first person stands up and goes, well. Because, like, <laughs> I don't know, on any exit, one person has to say, well. well. <laughs> in that exact tone. And then that's the cue. And then they someone They got a push
0: else, back from the table. Well. well, well
2: and then it's like someone else's cue to be like, oh, wait, let me wrap up the leftovers for you. So then they oh, gotta do that. Gosh. And then there's gotta be like one more story. And I wish I could find the meme and I could put it on our Facebook. <laughs> I absolutely can't now. But it was, like, then, like, a few more minutes go by, and then you have to, like, move over to the coat closet, because in some, my mind, is goes to, like, winter up north. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, like, you go to the coat closet, and you're getting your jackets on, and you do, like, weird bits of conversation yep. oh. that are, like, the end of it, where you're, like, oh, and let's, let's not forget about that thing with the thing. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and by that, now the kids have, like, run off again, because oh they think gosh. that the grown-ups are going to talk for, like, another two hours they, Get Maya. Was she there? <laughs> we're just waiting for her to come out. And then she comes out and like, well, okay. And then as you're like, now you're the door is like half open. Oh,
0: my gosh.
2: You have to take it in increments. By the time you're finally in the driveway, uh, they're like, oh, don't forget to send me that recipe. Will do. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Bye. Okay. Well, bye now. Bye. Drive safe. Will do. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: That's probably why I don't mm-hmm. Like, That's I like just... a
2: Midwest hospitality thing where you, it takes freaking forever to get out. So, like, I grew up with that. So I also grew up with having to go hug everybody, thank everybody, oh. whatever, do that. And I think it took getting into morning radio, and especially because Miguel is always the one that people want to see, and I, by the way, am not mad about this in uh. any capacity. <laughs> I usually mm. had to be the handler. So, mm. like, when we got into morning radio, people, you know, for Various different reasons love to go flock to Miguel and either get a picture or just, you know, hug or gush on him or whatever. And so then after like a couple of minutes, <laughs> I start getting itchy.
0: I can always tell it's sort of like when, you know, your mom is like ready to go, ready to do something and you can just feel the energy and probably nobody else would recognize it. I can always tell when Holly is about ready to get the fuck up out of there.
2: Yeah, because my switch, I have a long switch. Keep in mind because Mm -hmm. the Midwest exit. Mm -hmm. So I will even give you a longer time than you probably need. Mm -hmm. But as it gets to like the breaking point. It's like something switches inside of me and I cannot take it anymore. (laughs) So I will be standing there and I'll start like what I do is like I'll edge to the door Mm -hmm. and then people will kind of edge with me. And then finally, when that switch flips, I'll be like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to (laughs) go. We're leaving. And I will like have to physically take Miguel out of that space because nobody will let him leave. Mm -hmm. So I've learned how to make a solid, confident exit, mainly because I had to be Miguel's handler.
0: That's so. So Scotty, maybe you
2: should try to start being Miguel's handler, <laughs> <laughs> and like it's your job to save him. Like mm. it's a video game; you mm-hmm. have to save Miguel from these people. And if it's you, I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we gotta go sometimes.
1: Eventually, but I do the same thing where it's like I'm like I feel so bad if I'm in the conversation, and then I'll be like, Oh my god, I can't leave. Like, oh, I, I can't know. just shut this conversation down and be like, Oh my god, mid sentence, I have to go.
2: But that's how that's how you do it is because you're acting on someone else's behalf.
0: Mm. If you can
2: put yourself in the mind frame that, like, I have to get Miguel out of this situation Im- Im- immediately.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: And then you have to be the one that's like, okay, well, it's been so great. Great.
0: Oh, my God. Thank what you. What kills
2: me are the people that don't get that verbal cue. They, oh. they, they, It's either they don't get it or they choose to bypass it, and then I'm like,
0: Then it gets uncomfortable. There is a very, very small percentage of people that I've met in my career that do that, Mm -hmm. that sort of like plow straight through it. And I just remember specifically when we were doing our 10 and 10, Mm -hmm. where we broadcasted the show every morning from a different city in Tampa Bay for 10 days. And we could, in between us talking on the radio, we would go up to the little step and repeat where with the hot logo on it. And we take pictures with you. And clearly, there would be a line of people, and we would only have a certain amount of time, and we don't have a large staff, and so like I'm usually when we did that, I would be half in the conversation and half worrying about you know how much time. The next person, yeah, and like you want to get
2: to everybody. Well,
0: how much time we had to go talk on the radio? Oh, that too. And so then people would be like, and people. 98% of people were like hey oh my gosh thank you all so much for coming out to Newport Richie or to Riverview or to Lakeland
2: quick personal story quick picture
0: boom in out and then there'd be that one person when there's like five other people behind them that'd be like so remember that blown off from 2016? I'm
2: already angry thinking about this (laughs) non-existent, like, well, they exist, but like this proverbial person.
0: Right, right. And it's like, and then you'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening. Well, we got to get to the next person. Well, and then, and then you're like, Oh, my gosh. And then I feel awful for the people because this is morning and everybody's got to get to work or to school. And so many people would be like, we went out of our way to get here. And so now our kids are late to school. We're late to work. But we want to come by and say hi and support. And then it's just like, well, I feel like crap now.
2: Because there's no pickup of the verbal cue. Like, hello, you get a limited amount of time. It's not chat time, and you're not more important than the people behind you. Mm. We aren't more important than these people either. We're all the same. Mm -hmm. But you've now decided to take up two people's worth of time.
0: I wonder if people who do that know that they do it.
1: I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think a majority don't because, like— what, what? The other alternative is that, what, you're just a, a douche? Yeah. You're but like, I, I don't care about your time. I'm going to take this time. I literally think it's like you're unaware of the social cue mm. that your time has come, and it's like it's now time for you to go.
2: I agree with you to a point. I think mm. that even though those people make up a small percentage of the group, like the, the stayer or mm. two longers, mm-hmm. but even within the stay too long bunch, It's split into two. I think you do have people who genuinely don't have any idea about social cues or other people. They have zero, like, self-awareness when it comes to that, and they just... They're like, this is an amazing moment in my life, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep enjoying it. Like a kid who doesn't want to stop the joke being funny. Like, Mm. you've all had a kid that wants to say the same joke for, like, 17 times because they just want it to be as funny as the first time they said it.
1: Mm. And by
2: now, you're like, ain't funny anymore. Got it. But those people grew up to be the ones that don't have social cues, and they don't get it. However, there is, I think, a second part of those people that don't leave that don't give a fuck. Yeah. Mm. And it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Right. Um, But I do think that there is not like a, a percentage within the percentage of people who are just rude.
0: Wow. I would love to talk to someone and just ask them, you know, what is your thought process when you're going through a situation like that? Or like when you're meeting a celebrity and, you know, we've been to meet and greets before oh, where, you know— <laughs> You know, even as a radio person who you would think, you know, we talk about these artists and we share their experiences and we are a very, very small part of their success in talking about their music and making sure that they know that, you know, they're here or whatever. And so I'm always like, like when we met Lizzo Mm. and it was like, oh, my gosh, it's so great to meet you. Love your music. You're so inspirational. Boom. Picture. Let's go. And then you have people that'll be like, I love you so much. Here's my diary from when I first listened to you. Can you sign this? Can you sign this? Can you sign this? And it's like, do you realize all these other people that are behind you have the same story? And the person Lizzo or Taylor Swift or whoever only has a finite amount of time. And it's probably awkward for them. Oh, it's even sit more awkward for them. And experience that while you're just pl- pl- plowing through. And I'm like, like if I met John Mayer. I have so many emotions that I would want to express to him about his music. Yeah. But I would be like, I've loved you since high school. Thank you for what you do. Boom, picture out. Right. Because I know that it would make him awkward if I were to be like, so my senior year when I felt like crap, you really helped me. And then he's like, well, I'm so glad my music did that for you. Like you have to think about what the other person (laughs) is feeling.
2: But I think that a lot Okay, not a lot. I think there are people who just do not have that part of the brain Mm. that works in that way. Right. They cannot feel what other people are feeling, Mm. and it's not even an awareness factor. And those are the people that I think don't do it on purpose, like you said, Scott, because it's like they just, that part of their brain doesn't work. It's and turned off and I don't know what to do about those people right for the people who are like I'm just gonna do this because it's my right I mean look at all of the quote unquote Karens and Kens that are out there mm-hmm. that are entitled to I'm sorry this store said everyone has to wear a mask I'm not wearing a mask uh, I'm I will not. There's a large group of the population that are those people. And True. those are the same people that don't give any Fs that an artist has more people to, you know, like they're just entitled. Right. And I don't know. And and I bet there's a reason that they justify it, too. I mm. bet there's some way that they justify it to themselves. These are the people that I'm saying are the percentage in the percentage.
0: Right, right.
1: I think those people, like I do honestly, like there's. Parts of that personality that I really do wish like I could grab more onto, because as much as I love being like the center of attention and having all eyes on me, like I'm not good at just like grabbing like everything I want in life as those people do with those personality types, where it's like I have one life, I'm gonna get exactly what I want, I'm gonna say it out loud. And I'm like, damn, like, cause. Not the Karens. I'm going to take those ones out of this one. But right. they do. Like, And say, those well, are the people that, that want, are successful yeah. right. They want. Yeah, they want those things. Let's say they go to Lizzo and they're like, I want you to sign this. They're probably going to get it signed. They want you know their voice to be heard. Their voice is going to be heard because they said, you know what? I don't give a damn. I'm going to say what I need to say and get it done. <clears> and there's little bits of that that I'm like, I'm trying to kind of like in, in a better way, not exactly be like that, but have those personality traits where it's like, you know what? Continue to fight for what you want, but also be respectful in the same way.
2: It, it's like someone told them when they were young, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. And that has become like their life motto. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, like you said, I I agree with that. I think watching the show Kingdom with Nick Jonas about the MMA fighters, and it's not just about, like, people boxing and fighting. Like, that's the basis of it. But it's more on this family drama that goes on and with drugs and dysfunction and childhood trauma. Like, it's super fascinating. Um, Well, now
2: I'm hooked. You said childhood trauma. Oh, (laughs) girl. I'm so into deep psychology like that.
0: I mean, just the basis of the show. So the parents the guy who runs the gym that it's the whole show is based off of a Navy street gym is um, Alfie and his wife, Christina, who is the mother and father of like Nick Jonas and his brother. And so he was a MMA fighter in like the nineties and super on drugs, like, messed up. And apparently, and I I have read some reviews that, like, they have MMA fighters consulting on the show. And so that sort of helps them understand the mindset. And I guess there's this whole saying that, like, if you're a fighter, I mean, you got to be kind of a messed up person, a little crazy to be able to... To want to w-
2: subject your body to that? Uh,
0: right. Like, that's your career is fighting, getting hit and punched and yeah. kicked. But... Uh, back in the 90s when they – right before they got pregnant with the two ki- the two boys, Nick Jonas and his brother, they did drugs, hardcore drugs. Uh, he was a big to- fighter, and he would tour all over, and they would do drugs. Uh, they would, like, not have any stable environment for their kids. And so they just – the episode I just watched where um, one of the boys had a baby, and he's trying – like, he quit fighting. And spoiler alert, sorry, if you're watching it. And nice. he's trying to, like, do a different type of job and um oh and so his fighting friends are like you know you don't want to be a 9 to 5 type guy come back to fighting and he's like you know my childhood I do not want that for my child. It was chaos. It was traumatic. I'm fucked up. I don't want to give that to my kid. And that's how
2: you cycle break.
0: Right, exactly. So that's why that show is just super interesting. But one of the things I just watched about it is that Alfie, or Alvi, the main guy, he was just a total diva in this um, event that he wanted to be a part of. And everyone was like, don't be a diva, don't be a diva. And he ended up getting everything he wanted because of it. Yeah. And I've often thought, in our career, in my career, specifically for me, that if I were more of that type of person and demanding, would I get more of the things that I want or deserve and how much am I missing out on because I don't demand those things because I want to be a team player and I don't want anyone to look at me and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. where there goes the Diva Morning Show, always demanding stuff. They
1: get what they want.
0: Right. But so it's like there's a fine line between yes. being a team player, but then also like getting what you deserve, you know? Absolutely. I and struggle and with that. I
2: think any hugely successful person will tell you that they they had to do that to get to what they wanted. Right. Like there is a certain amount of narcissism required to even, first of all, think that you could be like commanding hundreds of thousands of people at a concert, right, or whatever. Um, and I don't and and like I think the people that don't have that little streak of um, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. they don't get as far mm. or you don't see a, as much about them. Yeah. You don't right. hear as much about them because otherwise, you you wouldn't rise to those levels. Right. and i'm and I'm actually, I don't even mean necessarily in showbiz. Think about CEOs of corporations. Mm-hmm. What did it take for them to get to where they are in that in that high spotlight arena? Right. You have to have a certain personality quality to think that you could do that, or like to think that you're important enough to do that. And that's why I was. Wa- what were we watching? Hold on. Let me th- let me think through my head for a second. What show we were watching? Where it was... Oh, it was Hamilton,
0: Mm, the musical. mm -hmm.
2: So uh, we're watching Hamilton, the musical, and then I ended up watching Drunk History where (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda got wasted and told Hamilton's historical story, not just what happened in the musical. It's like an 11-minute video Mm. on Drunk History. You should absolutely watch it. It's hilarious because it makes it make so much more sense. But anyway, so we're watching all this, and then I'm thinking how many, not just presidents, obviously presidents, but, but people that founded our country, typically men, um, how much of, how many of them must have had some touch of some mental disorder that made them think they were more important than they were
0: mm. or that, that
2: gave them that extra boost of confidence that said, I know what the fuck I'm talking about and you will listen. Right. Right. I mean, even if I think I know what I'm talking about, I would there's I don't necessarily have that thing unless I am 100 percent sure. And you can't prove me wrong. That's my weird mental thing. Like um, so with Hamilton, he grew up like, you know, you know, the story. So he made his way to America with this plan. And even in the musical they sing about Aaron Burr tells him you better talk less and smile more because you're you are a lot And so he was probably a slightly manic, like where he's like, I have all these ideas. And then Mm -hmm. he had this affair with this Mm. woman and he put out the the, uh, what they're what are they called papers, the Reynolds papers, because he's like, I'm going to tell you why I F this woman and how it has none of your business. Meanwhile, he's telling all his business. And like he was a little crazy but he got it done and he's on the $10 bill Mm. and he was a little crazy. It's not like he was a saint. Like he did a lot of bad crap too. And so did all the founding fathers, but they all had something that made them be like, well, if not me, who? So I'm going to do it. And I think to be at that level, even politicians now, they all have to have a little bit of like something that puts you up there because the normal average Joe could not handle the kind of pressure that comes with that job unless you're a little bit something or other.
0: As I don't want to
2: say crazy, but right. you know what I mean.
0: Oh, absolutely. As I've been sort of reflecting on my childhood, uh, doing the family history and you know getting some things from our pa- pictures and videos digitized, and I'm looking back on my life, and I can totally see how that – has been sort of a streak in my life that I didn't realize. Yes. Um, about how I've always been that person who had like the impossible dream. And I was just like, well, it's gonna happen. Like, right. why would it not? I mean, and I remember how ridiculous it sounded when I was in high school that I was like, Well, I'm gonna have my own morning show one day. Why why would it not happen? And everyone was like I mean, do you know how to get there? do you And know? I was like, no, but I mean, I'll figure it out.
2: yeah, you yeah. have that. You have a little we all do actually right. now that I think about it because mm. otherwise, why would we be doing this job
0: right. I mean, and, and you know, and there are some times too that I think that as I've gotten older, it I don't know it it it's ha- like it's come out in different ways, yeah, and I feel like some of it has subsided sometimes. Because, you know, back in the day, you could say anything about me and then I'd be like, girl, bye. You don't know me, whatever. And now I I notice that I can be a little more affected by negative comments that I see on social media. And then it'll sort of I'll be like, well, fuck you. And then I'll just sort of think on it for a little bit more than I normally would have in the past. But I do still think that I have a little bit of that crazy where I'm like. Well, of course we should be paid this much more money than we are now. Look what all the stuff that we do for you. I know,
2: but that's interesting, speaking of money, because I, aside from that whole thing where I wanted to, um, like when we were doing our first contract negotiations about being paid more equally or whatever, Mm -hmm. aside from that, when we do contract negotiations now and you are still like, well, we deserve more. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do we?
0: I don't have that, right?
2: But you do, right? But I still have enough of something that got me here. Yeah. I think it exists at different levels in different people, and maybe that's where those people that don't know when it's time to leave—they just have more of whatever it is. Right. Where it's like, well, I deserve more time. Mm. Have you met me? I have great ideas, right? Where it's like, n- no, you're—we're all—they everybody deserves time, but then it's like they just truly believe. That they deserve more.
0: That's so, actually, you know, now that you say that, I I am that person. Because when I'm thinking about when, we ha- when we've had when we had contract negotiations or when I see other people in our industry get jobs and I'm always like, I, I can do a better job than that. Oh, yeah. You are always really? on
2: the lookout for like, <laughs> why them? Right. And then I'm always like, I'm oh, They're probably really good. No, I'm like, we're good. And, and then whatever. I'll go
0: and then I'll go and listen. I'll be like, Well, let me listen to their show and see why they got this job. And then I'm like, Really? You pick them? Really? We could have done a better job.
2: Maybe we see. This is what I love about the podcast because like concepts and ideas can evolve as talk goes on. Right. Because we don't know anything that we're talking about. We're just figuring now, it out as we go. Mm-hmm. But what I yeah. love is that. You know, we've gone from like, oh, my God, these are these annoying people that think they deserve everything. Whereas, wait a minute, we actually are partly those people. <laughs> partly. <laughs> and we used that to get to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe there's a little bit of that in everybody, but it's just louder in some people mm. and not as much in others. Right. And it just depends on your level of satisfaction in life, your level of what you feel you do deserve in life. And mm-hmm. and I think it can fluctuate over time. Yes.
1: Right. Yes.
0: That's interesting because I remember telling you one time, Holly, <clears throat> I think this was before, ooh, I think we were in Panama City the last time in 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling you, I was like, before we are done working together, we will make like half a million dollars. <laughs> and you were like, <laughs> bitch you crazy and, and I, I was literally like laughed at you. yeah and i was like no i believe in my soul that i will be able to create wealth for my family through this job to in order to create capital that will keep earning for my family beyond me through the labor of this job yeah mm-hmm. i truly honestly believe that and that's why i have spent my entire life working towards this career I know that for a fact. You were just like, what?
2: I'm like, I can't – I mean, that's – I just don't see it. I don't right. see that because I never would have assumed to get that. And actually, I think it was like we will – and at first, I mean, because it's gotten exponentially bigger the more – it's like because the more you get, the more you're like, maybe I can push the envelope and get more. Oh, yeah. Right. right. And it was just – it like let's say it was like an X amount of dollars mm-hmm. and even it was lower, like lower. Let's say it was just like – I'm not even going to give a number. But, like, let's say it was X amount of dollars. And I was like, I had never assumed that I would ever even make that amount of money, let alone Mm $500,000. And then I think we made that X amount of money. And I was like, what happened was when we did, I was like, this is surreal. Why did this happen? (laughs) Like, you're like, well, obviously. Next. Right. And I'm like,
0: what the fuck? Right.
2: How did this happen? And where did this happen? How? How I didn't know I did not know mm-hmm. this was possible. Cause like mm. some people just don't aren't aware that they can. And I think everyone has it. Like I said, but it's like you have to manifest it. Yes. First, you have to be aware of it. And then it's like that's why I believe in vision boards and the mm-hmm. secret and manifesting what you want in your life. Because it's like once you say what out loud what it is you want, then it's like Well, you just go. Right. Even if you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, from Frozen 2. You just do the next right thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. You take the
2: next right step. I don't know what the end goal looks like. I don't have a 10-step plan. Right. But I could do the next right thing.
0: And and even, you know, even though I've been like that throughout our career, and there are times now that, you know, we've made more money than we've ever made before. And there are times where I will... Be buying something or looking at something to buy. And it will almost be like Inception, where my 24 year old brain who couldn't pay you rent and did not have any money will be like, oh my God, like you can buy this and not blink about it. Like, look how far you've come. Probably once a week when I walk into my townhouse, I think to myself, you were sleeping in a one-bedroom apartment with your grandmother throughout most of your life, and now you own this. When I left for college, I had a car that I bought from scholarship money and my stuff in a tote and suitcases, and now look at what you have done. This is crazy. Yeah. And then my next thought is, well, what else? Yeah. What else? Because it's almost like
2: once you see what you can do— right." What's to stop you from doing the next thing?
0: Right. And, like, my mom will say that all the time. She'll be like, I have seen you throughout the course of the 34 years of your life say, I'm going to do this thing, and you do it. And she's like, everything you've said that you would do, you have done. Yeah. And it's kind of scary how it always happens.
2: Well, it's not when you think about it, though. Yeah. Because, again, it goes back to the secret. I know. Scott's big on manifesting stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. putting your vision to something instead of just like, well— I can't wait till Friday when I'm gonna drink beers with the dudes. If that's what you want to manifest, that's what you're, you're gonna, gonna manifest. You're gonna right. do it. But right. if you don't go bigger than that yes. and start to take steps to make it bigger than that, then that's where you'll stay. And maybe you're happy doing that, and that's all you want. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Nobody is, is saying that you should always go bigger. Go like if you enjoy, literally just enjoy your life, and you're just looking forward to the weekends when you can drink beers with your friends. That's good for you for achieving that. Mm -hmm. But then some people have that thing where they're like, well, I want to own XYZ home. Right. And I want to have this on my five-year plan. And I think that we're going to be able to do this or go on this vacation. Then you will do it. That's what I told my daughter the other day. I was like, you know, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. Mm. And you can do it. I am not saying it's going to be easy. No. And I had to, like, break it down into a six-year-old, you know, <laughs> verbal <Yes. laughs> verbal, how you would get it. But I was like, you can do anything you want to. It's just that you have to work really hard for it and you have to believe that you can do it. Because otherwise you can't. If you don't believe you can do it, you can't. Mm. There's no way. So
0: true. How could you possibly so do
2: something if even you don't
0: believe you can um. do it? Right.
2: So you have to believe it, that you can do it enough that you then convince other people around you.
0: And just know that you will have setbacks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when we were let go from our job here uh, in Tampa the first time at Play 98.7, and, you know, you, Kramer, and I had decided that we were going to go our separate ways, and um, our old radio station in Panama City, Island 106, uh, We're like, hey, we want you to come back and do your own show because that's what you've always said you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember I fretted over it for like a week because I had been going full steam ahead with this dream of doing my own show. And then I was with you and Kramer where I was like Scott's role. I was a third chair producer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I I don't know if I can do it. Like I've been so used to now being in this role. I don't know if I can. And I went through a week of calling every single person I knew in radio and being like, can I do it? Do you think I can do it? And the final person was my mom, and she was like, fuck you, you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I've been listening to you talk about this dream your entire life, and do you think for one second I'm going to let you not take the dream that you've been thinking and talking about your entire life? Go to Panama City. Even though it looked different. right? Because in your mind, it looks like You
2: start small, then you go to the next big thing, then the next big thing, and then the final big thing. Right. And that's just not how life works. Right. So, like, for us, it looked like... This thing, then the next big thing, then we we're back at square one, it seems mm-hmm. like. And then we have to go back. I cried really hard when I realized we would have to go back to Panama City mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm moving backwards. Right. How is this helpful? Right. This doesn't seem like it's a good thing. It seems like I'm moving backwards. Mm. But it was like you had to go back there because you had to get that experience to be able to move even further Mm -hmm. up the game. So it's like you have to take those opportunities sometimes to go backwards and work through that pain because that's where the lesson is.
0: Well, even our agent at the time, uh, he, when I told him my decision, Mm -hmm. he was like, I don't agree with this. I don't think this is smart. I don't think it's right. I don't think you should do it. And I was like, and now looking back at who Miguel Fuller was at that time, I'm surprised that I stood up to him because he is an older man who's been in the business for a very, very, very long time, who's overseen huge careers in this business. And so he he's able to have that foresight yeah. to say, Hey, this is where your career should be going. Yeah, but I just knew in my brain in my soul that this is what I needed to do. And then once I was like, after the two years we were there, and I was like, Hey, you know, there's an opportunity that could, uh, that would want us in Tampa. And he was, and I, I remember him telling me, I'll never forget this. He was like, I don't say I'm wrong a lot. Yeah. But I was wrong. That was absolutely the right decision that you all should have made in going back to Panama City.
2: And that's when sometimes you just have to learn how to trust yourself. This book I'm reading, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which mm. I am in love with this book. And it has, Weird. It's so weird that it took me so long to read it. It's been sitting on my bedside for like over a month mm. and I keep looking at it and I'd be like, the cover is so pretty and I I know that I'm going to connect with it, but yeah. I can't start it today. Ugh, mm. I'm tired. I finally started it while we were on vacation last week and within the first, the, I had I read the first like couple chapters, then I read the next couple chapters and then I had that blow up with my mom where I was like got to change. Right. And it so reminded me of exactly what happened when I knew we had to get divorced. Mm. And by the way is to quick a quick connective story here Miguel when you had to make that big decision and you were asking all these people like they had the best answer for your life. <laughs> yes. It's it's funny now but right. it's not then because right. you're like help me. I, was I don't know what to do. That's how I was when um in the months leading up to the decision to divorce. Mm. I would sit in this studio mm-hmm. and in bra- during breaks, like when we weren't necessarily like doing anything on the air, I would be Googling, like Glennon Doyle says in the book, like she was going through an issue with her now ex-husband, and she would Google, she Googled, what do I do if my husband's a cheater but he's a great father? Mm-hmm. So I would Google… What do I do if I have a child with this man but I don't think I'm in love with him anymore? I was mm. go- I was asking the Google. <laughs> like the Google was going to be like Holly O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I have the exact right answer for you. Here's what so you it's like do. when you get to that point when you are like desperately reaching out grasping at anyone that you hope can give you the exact right answer and the problem with that and this is what it says in the book is that they all give you different answers, by the way. Right. Because they're only coming from what they know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So when you're suddenly grasping at all these straws to get that answer, the answer is not outside of you, it's right. inside.
0: Ooh.
2: And if you can be quiet and still enough and for real be quiet and still and get down to your gut, you know.
1: You know the answer.
2: You already know. It's mm. always inside you. Ah. And I was like, and that's what that reminded me of when you were asking all these diff- radio people and uh, our agent and all these other, like, and I was freaking Googling it. Cause I was so <laughs> panicked that I thought maybe Google would have like the top answer would be the right one.
0: Right. It's like, Holly, you should get a divorce.
2: Right. And then I'd be like, well, what else does Google say? Right. <laughs> so like, you have to just quiet yourself. And that's how it is with my mom when I blew up and I was like. I know what it is. Right. I know what the answer is, but it's fear. Mm. It's fear that holds you back from doing whatever it is because it's not going to be pleasant necessarily. Right. And you have to go through that pain to get to the other side.
0: I think once you accept that, it lets you go further in your life. Mm. When you understand failure will happen, but you make your biggest leaps in life after that failure it opens up so much more in your life,
2: and it and you stop being as afraid because right. What are you, are you gonna
0: die? Right, and I feel like after you're not die right, and after we lost the job here in Tampa the first time, and it was one of the most devastating things that's ever happened for me to be like, hey, this thing that you've been working on and studying and trying to perfect and be great at when it comes to radio, well, you're a failure. You're not good. I was like. Well, it looks like I got to go do something else because I suck at this. Mm. And I was lost for like six months. For six months, I was like, is this what I should be doing? Should I go Uh, do? Because I remember doing the aptitude test in high school and they were like, you're either going to be an entertainer or you'll be a great executive assistant to someone. And I was like, well, maybe I need to go explore that because I love organization and I love, you know, keeping people on task and doing that sort of thing. Maybe I should do that. And then I was like, "Okay, hold on. Let's bring it back to the center here and then when you realize that it's okay to fail and that's why we took this job because it was like Yeah, and so many people in Panama City were like, oh, y'all going to go back to the city where you all failed the first time?
2: Get ready to fail again. Ooh, it was so mean.
0: Mm, Oh, my gosh. Most people
2: were so mean. And I know now that it came from a place of hurt, like, don't leave us because we love you. Right. But all they could do was just sling dirt on us and Mm -hmm. be like, you will fail. Don't come back here when you get fired again. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Oof. But— you have to lean into that, at least for me and what I've taken away from that experience is that if it scares the living shit out of me, then it means it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it to make that leap. And that's what happened with this job, right. with my house, with so many things in my life that I'm like, hey, I don't know if I should do that. Right. Because and then I do it.
1: Other
2: people are only coming from what they know. So you have to quiet yourself and you have to listen to the inner,
1: the inner you. The it knows.
0: I love how all of that came from Scott being weird about hugging people.
1: And See? I even I think I have an answer for that, but I do want to say really quick on that. I think mm-hmm. it's so mind blowing right now hearing that entire conversation because it's like I'm I'm in it like legit like the beginning stage of it, and mm. it's because like everything like I, I say and write things down based off of what I I know yeah. to believe right now. Not that there's been a lot of evidence that it's worked. But I know that I have to continue to believe that it will. Mm-hmm. But it's been the hardest thing right now because it is that beginning stage of like, well, shit, <laughs> Let, let's hope this works. Let's right. hope that, you know, in a couple years, like it's going to pay off. And it's just it's crazy to hear like y'all's perspective on like I like y'all were here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm like buckling up for the ride to see like. Right. And it's just crazy.
0: And it, it 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 will continue to be crazy. And I, I remember specifically because I used to love award shows. Like I would watch them and just be obsessed from the red carpet to the acceptance speeches. And I remember whenever someone like a Holly Berry or whoever would get on stage and be like, I was just like you. I was sitting here watching it and thinking that maybe one day I would make it. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I wish that would be me. And it will be you. But just know that that was probably one of the biggest um, detriments to the beginning of my career is that I thought, well, I'm going to be 21-year-old Miguel walking out of Georgia Southern University into the Miguel and Holly show on Hot 101.5. Yeah. There is absolutely zero way that I would have been able to help produce a quality radio show in a market this size with that little of experience and life experience, you know, and we're still learning every day, but it just takes that time and all the, the trials and tribulations and the struggles that you're going through right now. It's contributing to the major success that you're going to have later on.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and for me, like, even like just straight, you know, honest with myself is like I've been struggling with it a lot recently. Where I'm like, what the f- am I doing? And I have to remind myself daily of like, bitch, you're like, you're 23. Like, calm down, take a step right. back. But it is something that you know, whether you're just starting out in the career or anything like that, like you question your worth. Like yeah. recently, mm-hmm. I've questioned uh, constantly on like, is this gonna pay off? And even yesterday, talking with my girlfriend of like. I don't know what the future of this industry is going to look like. I know right. I'm going to make it somehow, some way, mm-hmm. but it, it's becoming a more realistic thought, which I don't know if it necessarily is good, of like, what is that going to look like? And You know, I used to have this thing with her of like, she's going to be a dentist, but I'm like, I'm still going to make more than you. Like, I will, mm. no matter what I got to do. And it's just a little fun competition that we have, but at the end of the day, I'm like, wait, is this going to happen? And that's really why I put out and say the things I do, because I'm saying it to myself, and hopefully somebody else can pick something else up from it, mm-hmm. but it isn't. Right now, I'm in that stage of like, is this going to work? Will it work? But the only way to find out is to keep going.
0: You don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how it's look. Holly doesn't know how it's going to look. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen by January 1, yeah. 2021.
2: Sure. No, but again, you just do the next right thing for what you know you want in your heart. Mm. Inside.
0: Scott, before we go, you said that you... Realize this- <laughs> why you are an awkward hugger or saying goodbye?
1: This is another thing on the hugging thing that I thought about because I, I think I really realized this when I probably joined the show and I was around this scenario. One, I'm a guy, and so I didn't really do a lot of hugging. Two, I realized it. I'm a straight white male, and I, I find it uncomfortable, or I don't want to make somebody else uncomfortable by me approaching them as the initiator of the hug. You know mm. what I mean? Like, in a, like in a creepy way. Because I've seen, like, you, like, Miguel, are so, like, it's an easier approach because I feel like people are like, oh, well, Miguel's gay. It's all right. Bring it in. Because mm. I've seen it in, like, I've legit seen it in uh, women's eyes where it's like, if I initiate the hug just out of pure friendliness, most are pretty, like, they're like, oh, yeah. But there are the few that are like, this is weird. Mm. And then I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> but I don't mean it <laughs> in a weird way. But I find it... It is kind of this weird feeling of, should I be hugging you? Should I initiate It's initiating Hmm. it, putting you in an uncomfortable position because I'm a straight male.
0: I wonder if it's some sort of past trauma from those people, that fear that you see in their eyes of something has happened in their past. I bet it
2: is because otherwise there would really be no reason. Like, you don't look—some people look creepy. Right. And that can give off vibes. Right. Mm. But for the people that have a weird look in their eye, they could be just reflecting their past trauma on you. Uh. I don't think, like, I have seen you interact with listeners, and I, as just a, a woman, would never assume that you had any ill will. Your mm. body language and your your energy doesn't project that kind of predatory thing. No. So anybody that is a little on guard... They are probably projecting their issues, which is, I mean, that happens to everybody. Right. Um, so it's not you. It literally, quite literally is them. I think there's a very big difference. Like I can usually sense like some type of thing with a person if I'm being hugged weird. Yeah. Mm. And you do not give that vibe oh, off God. at all.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Okay. I mean, okay. that was just a thought I had. I was like, it does bring a different balance. I appreciate I you
2: it. for being aware of that. Right. I mean,
1: I'm trying, you know. Yeah. Don't I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Again, but-
2: That just the fact that oh. your awareness of it just says that you don't have that type of thing. Right. But you can usually sense like, that's, again, your intuition, which I need to learn to listen to mine more often, and I think most women do. Um, But, like, your intuition will kind of nudge you one way or the other as to whether there's a danger present.
1: Oh, Okay, well okay, that was my thought on hugging. Yeah. For now. But I am I am practicing putting myself in the, those uncomfortable situations like hug people and like hopefully I'm hoping that it kind of rubs off of like oh, it's not that bad. It wasn't that awkward. I think that's right. the main thing. It's like I'd got to get past that little bit of fear of like either it's going to be an awkward hug or an awkward handshake, whatever it happens, <laughs> move right. on. Yeah. I
0: remember one time we were doing some sort of an event and we were hugging listeners. And somebody who, I guess, didn't listen to the show was, like, somehow in the group of people that I was hugging. Yeah. And everyone else was like, oh, my God, Miguel. And I remember I, like, put my arms around this person, (laughs) and I felt their shoulders go limp. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I thought you—I was like, I do a radio show. These are listeners. I know. And she's like, it's fine. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, girl. Yeah. I'm sorry. Something must have happened. I don't mean no sorry. offense. Sorry. I'm, just, I'm just friendly. I'm a friendly gay man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. You don't give off a
2: weird predatory vibe either. And not many people do, but you right. can always send someone to try to get a little too friendly.
0: hmm. Get a little cop of feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Holly, what's all your social media?
2: Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.
1: That. At Scott Tablin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.
0: Why are you smiling like that?
1: Man, because I'm waiting for you to try to get in my T's, and I'm not going to let you get in my tease.
0: Oh. <laughs> but you don't like the hug so i'm not going to get in your tees. don't worry <laughs> no. all right my social media is miguel fuller m-i-g-u-e-l-f-u-l-l-e-r you can find me on everything make sure to leave us a review and a rating on apple Podcasts. you can listen on spotify the hot 101.5 app have a great weekend and we will see you next week <laughs> Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app
1: or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. (laughs) Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.